I wasn't taken serious as a Latina for like most of my career because I am black, because I am an Afro-Latina. Um, you know, I would go into like audition rooms and hear other Latina girls being like, pero ella está morena. Ella habla español. Even though like my first language is Spanish. Yeah. Um, so then also like being a black woman in the industry. So it's it's come with a lot of obstacles, but I've just like had to be resilient yeah. and know like what's for me is for me and nobody else can take that away from me. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode here at Off the Cuff, where conversations lead to inspiration. I'm your host, Christian Palmer, and today I'm joined by actress, community leader, activist, and also a newly podcast host with her new show, Dare We Say, in partnership with her best friends. They talk about a variety of topics, but they all come together in a safe space. You may have seen her in two full seasons of Saved by the Bell, The Neighborhood, and Netflix's very own Moxie. She's a proud Afro-Latina from the Bronx and has inspired so many women across the country. She's continues to push that narrative of speaking the truth and breaking barriers without any limitations. I'm so excited about this episode. This one is dear to my heart here. So without further ado, here's Off the Cuff with Alicia Pascual Peña. Alicia. You did? Oh, hi. <laughs> hi. Welcome to the but show. That- <laughs> I'm so sorry. I literally ruined that phenomenal take. I was just excited for you. Yeah, no, nah, I appreciate that. I'm so that. happy to be now, here. Yeah. Hi, thank you for having me. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Good. I kind of want to take it back a little bit more and set the stage for you to tell us a little bit more how this your your career in acting kind of all came about and what initially inspired it. Yeah, for sure. Thank you, first and foremost, for those really kind words. Um, but I think like most artists, I always naturally gravitated towards the arts. Like my mom tells me stories about how I was like three years old and watching like PBS ballet performances or like how I'd want to be the last kid on the dance floor at a party. Mm. If you know anything about Dominicans, we can party. So I'd be there for like four hours just like dancing. And my dad would be like, what is good with this kid? Mm. Um, So I always just was really obsessed with like different aspects of the arts and I would draw and I would write songs and stuff. Um, And... I really thank God that I had a mother that championed me because, mm. you know, being from an immigrant household, it doesn't always sound like the best choice to say that you want to pursue art. Mm. But I had a mom um, that very courageously said, you know what, I may not e- understand every aspect of what you want to do, but I'm going to support you. And a lot of people don't know because they are just, you know, recently becoming familiar with me. Um, but I actually started in the industry when I was three years old. Mm. And I started modeling and that was going really well. And my mom saw that I loved it. So she was like, you know what? As long as you keep your grades up, you can keep doing this weird thing that you want to do. And then at the age of nine, I got signed professionally for acting. And the rest is history. I've been professionally acting since I was nine. And I've trained and taken acting classes and stuff that my mom and I would have to save up for. And um, I would take like modeling money so that I could go to like intensives and stuff so that I could just train as an actress because I knew that I wanted to pursue this professionally. Um, but I also was very aware that I didn't have like certain resources, nor opportunities, nor connections, mm. um, like my counterparts in the industry. And then fast forward, I booked my first lead role in a movie when I was 20 years old. So all of that goes to say it's been a very long time coming, but I'm thankful for my journey. I think that it's made me who I am. Yeah, absolutely. And kind of let's uh, sit there for a minute, right? Because I think, you know, 
um, you know, just do the the transition in between. Your mom has played such a vital role into the development of who you are, and I yeah. see so many similarities <laughs> and stuff, which is amazing. Um, and I can sense the vibes, the energy just shining through you. And you know, when I see you, I also see her, and it's Thank a beautiful you. thing to really experience. Um, but tell us a little bit more about kind of the the early lessons that she actually implemented in you, or you feel like you've learned from her as you navigated through the industry. Absolutely. Um, my mom is amazing, and she's always been a businesswoman. She worked in corporate America um, for half of her life. So she didn't really feel like the arts was her space, but she really instilled like work ethic into me. Mm. And she was always adamant about telling me to like know my worth and to be intentional with the energy. And if you're going to do this, you're going to do it well. Mm. She was like, I don't raise um, people that do things half-assed. Yeah. So she was like, I don't understand what I did, but you're going to study those scripts and you're going to learn different methods. And she really championed me as an artist and pushed me in, in, in healthy ways. Because um, other lessons that I think that my mom really taught me that like preserved my mental health throughout the industry, even though I didn't realize it as a kid, mm. was that she like instilled certain principles she was like you let go you go in you do the best job that you can and you leave and you let go you give it to god mm. and you don't think about it anymore because i think it's really easy to get lost in the superficiality of the entertainment industry and to equate yourself work in your work um but from a really early age she was like you let go and you let god with your jobs you work your hardest and you do your best but um know that so much is out of your control and also i think that she empowered me as a woman in my spirituality mm. like I I literally like learned how to pray differently wow. <laughs> like with my mother like we were on this journey together and before when I used to audition my prayers would be like Lord may I get this job mm. and they would change to as I got older and I gained wisdom and maturity they changed to Lord let your will be done and let me be a light mm. and impact the people in that room whether the job is for me or not wow. um, so my mom is the largest influence that I've had as an artist, which is, I think, ironic to her because she's like, girl, I'm not an artist. She's like, <laughs> don't put me in front of the camera. She tells everybody. She's like, tells my publisher. She's like, no. Um, but I wouldn't be the artist nor the woman, obviously, I am today without her. But she was really um, just committed to instilling those things in me as a child because she's like, if you want to go where you want to get, then you need to be practicing those things now. Mm. So, yeah. And that's a beautiful thing because I know, you know, education is is really something that you really value a lot. Like the aspect of learning, the aspect yeah. of just being curious and stuff. Um, but there's a lot of the things that, you know, kind of going through your earlier years of going to high school, there was a lot of the things that you didn't see, right? People that either look like you in positions that, you know, you wanted to learn from them. You couldn't absorb that information from the people that look like you. You know, can we lean on that a little bit more about how those experiences were, uh, those experiences were and how they shaped you and kind of how you view the world today? Absolutely. Um my mom, once again, um, in her bravery, decided to move to different areas throughout my whole life so that I could receive a better education. Um, I love where I'm from, but and at the time, as a child, I didn't understand her decision to not let me go to school in the Bronx because I've always loved the Bronx. I still do to this day. You still I, go back, right? I was just back yeah. two weeks ago, yeah. had my tres golpes. <laughs> I was with my people. I'm happy. Um, but I ended up going to school in Dallas, Texas. Mm -hmm for a couple of years of my life. And then I went to high school in Westchester, New York. Mm. So um, to say the least, I never saw myself. Mm. I've always gone to predominantly white institutions, white and affluent institutions. And that came with a lot of discrimination. It came with a lot of racism. You know, I would deal with um, 
rhetoric for being Latina, for being mm -hmm. black, for being a woman. And I kind of felt like the world was against me most of my life. Um, I think people meet me now and they think that I had a different experience in high school. Your girl was bullied. Like, um, I may, I like, I was voted the kindest in my grade, but it wasn't because like people respected me. Um, people were kind of awful to me just because I didn't look like them and I didn't come from where they came from. Um, and once again, my mother was always like, you are who you are and stay true to who you are. Like your journey is your journey. And I thank God that like, I didn't lean into envy and I I leaned into living my truth. Yeah. So I ignored all of that. And when it came to acting and like being an artist, something that kept me going was saying like, my work will speak for itself one day. Yeah. Like the life that I create for myself will sp speak for itself one day. That I don't need to like stoop to people's level of negativity and stuff. Um, but yeah, it was hard. But I thank God for the experiences I have because I think it's made me more vocal. Yeah. Um, it's made me more capable. I feel like I can step into any room now and be competent and be confident in who I am because of, unfortunately, the negative experiences I had growing up. Yeah. yeah so. Wow. You know, and, and a sense of confidence, even, you know, when we first kind of started kind of behind the scenes, it was just like, let's get it. Let's get to <laughs> it. You know, and I think, you know, when you walk into any room, right, it's always that presence is, and like you said, it's an intention. And uh, I want to lean on a little bit more because through some of the things you've experienced, there's also has been some successes that Absolutely. you've also had, you know, where it's like, you know, you starring in two full seasons of Saved by the Bell, which is a very historic and iconic sitcom. And you play a very important role in a sitcom. Can you speak a little bit more about how that came about? Absolutely. Um, it, it was um, a very interesting time in my life. Uh, I had gone to college. Um, I was studying political science. Uh, I thought at one point I was going to pursue law. And I'd prayed with my family and I'd fasted because I've been acting my entire life. And going into my junior year of college, I felt like a shift professionally. I felt like I was getting even closer to bigger roles that I wanted. I felt like huge things were happening, opening doors here in L.A. So I decided to take a semester off, right? And that was just supposed to be that, just yeah. a semester off. Um, and I called it like my low version of study abroad because like we didn't have <laughs> we didn't have funds for study abroad. Yeah. So I was like, I'll stay in L.A. and audition. Yeah. And um, I did that. I slept on somebody's couch mm -hmm. and I picked up a little producer's assistant job, worked at a casting office for a bit. And I was like, going to make it work and see what I can do in these few months, because even though I've acted and I've been in the industry my entire life, education always came first. Right. Yeah. So acting never got my 100 mm -hmm. percent. And I was like, you know what? Let me see what can happen at 19 years old, giving acting my 100%. Wow. And divine timing, three weeks later into that stay here in LA, even though I'd been acting like 11 years of my life, I booked Moxie, which wow. I was playing a lead role in a movie. And then even after Moxie, I had a flight booked back to New York because I was like, one movie cannot sustain my life here. Um, so I was prepared to go back home. And the second to last day of wrapping Moxie, I got the call that I had booked Saved by the Bell. Wow. Yeah. Um, so I, I thank God for how all of that played out. It felt in, insane in the moment. And then when I got the role, I was like, you know what? It's my first series regular and I'm going for it all. Like, I'm going to show up and be my best me and um, do the job well that I was casted to do and take up space and use my voice and advocate as an Afro-Latina. You know, that role wasn't originally written for an Afro-Latina. Yeah. Neither was it in Moxie. Um but it's funny because I, I kind of laugh still and I'm like, 12 years and in one month, I booked my two biggest roles. Um, 
But I don't think that I would have been the woman on that set if I hadn't experienced the adversity in my life. Yeah. Um, so I'm thankful. Like, I was able to go into, the, like, the Moxie audition and the Save by the Bell audition with an ambition um, of a 20-year-old that was, like, sleeping on people's yeah. floors and couch. Um, but, yeah, so that's how Save by the Bell happened. And then it was, like, the most beautiful journey. And I got to play this powerful, bold, outspoken Afro-Latina who, like, played male-dominated sports and it was yeah. a great time. Football it was two years of my that. life. Yeah. yeah, football, wrestling. There yeah. was just throwing your girl in there. Wow. Yeah. And, and you know, there's something in between there because I think, you know, out of the just my entire L.A. trip for this week, right, has been super eye-opening. Yeah. You know, where it, it's in moments when you said that, you know, you shifted from New York to L.A. just to take on a few roles and stuff or just kind of make ends meet. Like, it, it's like God is speaking to you in these moments, right? Absolutely. And you mentioned one specific point where you were like, something shifted. Yeah. Can we lean on that a little bit more of what shifted in particular? Absolutely. Um, it was a really difficult decision. Like, if you knew me personally, I cried a lot because I was like, am I a failure? I'm stepping away from my scholarship. I was given a presidential scholarship to go to school. Mm. Um, and in the moment, it felt idiotic to other people. And I, I wasn't making the definitive decision to leave college. I was just taking a step back from my education. And people were like, are you sure you want to do that? It's going to hinder, like, when you graduate, all that good stuff. But I think I saw what God was doing in my life. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to do a disservice to the blessings that I was being given at the moment. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I think that we just have to have faith, like faith of a mustard seed that's biblical. And listen and be willing to move when we're called. And it's not always easy. And it's funny because that is the... That is the riskiest thing I've ever done in my life still to this day. Mm. Um, and it had the greatest reward. Um, so I think it's about listening. It's about being present. And it's about using your discernment. And I decided to listen because I decided to stay here with no job, mm. with no acting job. I knew people behind closed doors were probably laughing at me and not understanding my decision. But I decided um, to lean into like my truth and what I really wanted. And this has always been my dream as a little girl. So I'm glad that I listened and I wouldn't have the life I have now if I didn't make that decision. And also I think something that really drove my decision was I, I can be like my mom and be very, um, uh, strategic and, um, love logistics. And when I like wrote down the pros and the cons, the biggest thing that was keeping me from leaving or from not staying in LA was fear. Mm. And I know, like, my God says not to live in fear. Yeah. So I was like, well, fuck it, we ball. Yeah. So part of my French, but yeah. No, you're good. You're good. Listen, <laughs> you're good. And I, and I appreciate the honesty. And like you said, one of the things that you do so well is, like, speak your truth, right? And, um, you know, the fear element is is very it, – it could do a lot of things for you, right? Um, just even when I had initial idea to even start this, it was just like, am I going to get the right people? Like, what am I going to say? Like – you know, and so much have I've learned throughout the, the the journey that I started to just have fun with it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And just be myself and be intentional. And like you said, to any room, like, I just got to show my best self. And through that, you attract good people. Yeah. You know? But I'm curious to know for you in particular, like, when you go to some of these auditions and stuff, how do you continue to remain yourself to keep your values at the forefront when they may also be the needle or the needle might be pushed? Um, I think that's a great question. One of the things I would say is, it, it's funny because I, I think people would be surprised when I say this, but I don't always deem myself the most confident. 
I think I walk in confidence because of like, I think it's a little cliche term, but it empowers me in my journey mm. is like Godfidence and knowing that if God put me in that room, then I'm supposed to be there. Mm. And that like God has a will, even if I don't understand what's happening, like I'm supposed to be there and I'm just always going to like be committed to leaving everything that I come to better than I come to it. Yeah. And sometimes it's just that simple for me, even when I don't understand the nuances, even when I feel insecure, like I'm human, you know? So I think that is something that propels me and staying true to who I am. Um, and also something that I continuously tell myself is I know whose I am. Like as much as I adore what I do, I love my craft. I have such a passion for the arts. I always have. It's not everything. How do I articulate this? Um, it's not all that I am. Mm. You know what I mean? Like as much as I'm an actress, as much as I'm an artist, that isn't everything to me. And at the end of the day, in the grand scheme of things, as much as I love working, what's more important than everything else, the politics of the entertainment industry, the superficiality, all that stuff, what's so much more important is like my heart and being a good person and loving other people around me. Um, so I think that that also like brings me peace. And I take solace in the fact that I know that I go to sleep at night and I can look myself in the mirror, being happy with the choice that I've decided to stay true to myself rather than compromising my um morality for a job or for an opportunity you know what i mean and also i'm like i don't want to force things like if things come unnaturally or if i have to change who i am or not be honest about my opinion then it's not something i want to be a part of yeah, yeah. but it gets hard because it's like this is a commodity as well mm -hmm. i decided to make this my profession so um it's definitely a nuanced topic but that's how i stay true to myself yeah, and I love that. And, you know, it's something that I feel like we can all kind of, like, take a few things there to really capture and learn and take back to our, you know, inner self-work, right? One of the things that I feel like has been super beneficial for me is just having those self-affirmations or yeah. being even to even go through, you know, moments of therapy or journaling and just listening to certain things that make me feel at peace, right? Um, curious to know what is what does peace look like for you? Like, how do you kind of create that environment for you to make sure that, you know, you stay sane and you stay at ease? Mm. Uh, I would say solitude is really healing for me, even if it's not long periods of time. Like, even if it's just a day, like, where I can journal, where I can read, where I can listen to the music that I really like, where I can watch films that bring me peace, um, that's important to me to, like, re-energize because I am always around, like, an influx of people. Yeah. <laughs> Um, especially like on sets, I don't think people understand how many people it takes to make a project. Mm. Um, so I think being alone and then also like being around my culture, being around my roots, being around my family, like that's really healing. Like I just got back from New York. Um, and I was just so moved about how humbled I am to have like such beautiful lights in my family and being able to like spend quality time with family members is important. Absolutely. I mean, let's talk about that, right? Cause you were back in New York and stuff. Yeah. It was uh Dominican, uh, the Dominican Day Parade, yeah, yeah. right? And um, it's 40th year. Yeah. And you were playing this big role where you were an ambassador. Yes, right? yes. I was uh, the ambassador of arts and entertainment, um, which was such an honor. I was so emotional, um, especially because I've walked that parade. I've walked that parade at the age of four. Like, I've been the girl, like, getting ready in the Bronx, like, packing the food, like, to go down <laughs> to the parade. Like, so to, like, have my own float and stuff, it wasn't about me. Like, I've always known it wasn't about me. Mm. But it was a reminder that it's not about me. It's about people that look like me. It's about the fact that um, our communities as Latin people um, are discredited and um, not always given the space. Mm. 
to be celebrated and empowered. So that felt really beautiful. And to see little girls that look like me and knowing that that had an impact on me as a, such a small child and then to be able to do that for even one person was so special. And then I got to share it with my family. I had my whole family nah, on the flow. Yeah, yeah. Like, like we, we, we run deep. So um, it, was, it was such a great time. And that was so important. Like, I hope to always stay really plugged in with my community because that's what it's about. Like, if you're not giving back to the people that you come from and positively impacting people and bringing them joy in some type of way, I'm like, what is it about? Yeah. So um, it was it was super special. It got crazy. It was a good time. A lot of them bowl, a lot of bachata in the streets. I was yelling. I lost my voice. I couldn't feel my feet. But I wouldn't trade it for the world. Yeah, so so because you was also a dancer too, right? Yes, 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 yes. I grew up dancing. Um, yeah. Once again, kind of like the similar stories acting. I never went to like professional dance studios or did competitions because that cost a lot of money. Mm. Um, but then I got to an LA, and because I'm a little insane. Um, I wasn't working as an actress. I was auditioning, 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 and not booking anything. So to keep myself from going insane, I said, let me join dance classes. So then I started taking like dance classes eight hours a day at these very like yeah. nice studios with no professional background, once again, because I'm crazy. Um, and it was a blessing. It opened me to a new community. And then I started getting connected with choreographers. And I really got to like water that... Um, craft that I've always loved but didn't always have the space to explore so wow. yeah I still dance whenever I can yeah absolutely yeah. whether it's you know national television or <laughs> kind of other things and stuff yeah. which is and, that, and that's a beautiful thing right because you keep true to yourself and that's what makes you happy right tapping back into your culture um and you mentioned one of the things was auditions right because I know even we see the highlight reels right we see you on the big screens and stuff but there's so much that goes on behind the scenes that I feel like people don't necessarily see yeah. And I want to lean on that a little bit more because I know there's so many young Latinx uh, actresses, actors that are looking to you as inspiration and stuff, but may not necessarily know the grind and hustle that it takes to get some of these roles. Can we lean on that a little bit more of some of the maybe auditions or memories that come to mind when, when yeah. looking at that? Um, I don't think that people even understand or fathom like the amount that actors and actresses audition. Um, like, f for example, I, not too long ago, booked my first series regular in a movie, but I auditioned for consistent five, six years wow. and didn't book one job. Wow. But I was auditioning three, four, five times a week sometimes. So you do the math. Yeah. Like, that's why it makes me laugh sometimes when, like, actors or just anyone gets like a big head because I'm like this industry will humble you real quick mm. real quick um it's a lot of auditioning like I've kind of like made the joke like I feel like actors experience an inhumane amount of rejection because mm. it's kind of like on an everyday basis and then you get up again and then you learn your sides and you do a crazy scene and you get another no and another no and another no like it's insane to to understand that in our industry 98 percent of what you go out for you won't book wow so it's a very humbling experience. <laughs> you do it for free. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, like when I was in college and I had three jobs at one point, I'd be on the Metro North from Poughkeepsie, New York, down to the city of Manhattan, learning a 15-page script when I also had exams to study for, mm -hmm. walk into a room with old white people for 10 minutes and then get back on that train to go back to college. Wow. So it definitely comes with the sacrifices. Um, but that's why I'm like, you have to love it. And when you love it, it's worthwhile. But... It's definitely not easy. You're going on like countless amount of auditions. I've easily gone over, gone out for like over a thousand audition, auditions in my life. Mm. That's a beastly amount. No, like it's an insane amount. People don't fathom. Even now, like 
I'm still a working actress. Like, I do about five auditions a week. It's it's a lot. It's it's not always easy, especially when you come from like minority communities. Yeah. Like, I've spoken about this before. Um, I wasn't taken serious as a Latina for like most of my career because I am black because I am an Afro Latina. Um, you know, I would go into like audition rooms and hear other Latina girls being like, "Pero ella está morena, ella habla español." Even though, like, my first language is Spanish. Yeah. Um, so then also, like, being a black woman in the industry. So it's it's come with a lot of obstacles, but I've just, like, had to be resilient. Yeah. And know, like, what's for me is for me, and nobody else can take that away from me. But it definitely isn't easy. So, like, I champion whoever um, wants to pursue this career or anything in entertainment. Just stay steadfast. And know, like, what you bring to a table is unique and special and stand firmly in that. I love that. And thank you so much for sharing that because I know representation for you is super key. And, you know, moments where you may have seen people on the screen or maybe moments that you haven't seen anybody on the screen that yeah. look like you. You know, I'm curious to know a little bit more as you continue to shape the narrative here and getting to these rooms and playing these key roles. Like, what do what what's kind of the hunger or, or the motivation and what do you kind of expect to get out of some of these things that you're kind of pouring into? Yeah. Um, I think the simplest answer is more. Like, I think it's really beautiful. I acknowledge the fact that I'm young in this industry and so many other trailblazers have had to come before me for me to even have the opportunity or platform to speak in the way that I do. Um, But, and I do think that we're living in this renaissance, right, of diversity Mm -hmm. in regards to, like, the Latino community or Latina and Latinx black community, Asians, indigenous, queer people, but it's not enough. Like, I want to see more Latinos writing. I want to see more minorities just in general, like people who are um, neurodivergent, like people with uh, different disabilities. Like, I just want to see genuous diversity because I also feel like we're still engaging in tokenism and Mm. disingenuous diversity a lot. So I want to see more people behind the camera. I want to see more execs that look like us. I want to see more producers. I want to see more line producers. A lot of people don't even know what that job is. They're the people that allocate all the funds for a project. You know what I mean? Um, So they're still lacking in a lot of ways. I want to see a lot more women uh, being camera ops, being grips, being lighting. Like, we are capable of doing whatever we want. So I think I get into these rooms and I'm saying we need more. We need more diverse. We need eccentric and eclectic stories from our community. Like, um, because even when I did see myself growing up, it wasn't always in the most positive light. Mm. And I'm like, we need stories that respect our fullness. Um, So yeah, just more for it to be genuine and no stories about us without us, um, I think is huge for me as well. And as I continue to have space in this industry, whatever space I do have, I will continue to advocate uh, for the communities that I come from and the other communities that are disenfranchised, so. I love that. You know, and, and you, you're doing that now and you will continue to do that because you sense the hunger. You sense the, the, the inner fuel that keeps that fire going. And I think that's super important. And I just can't necessarily wait to just see the amounts of growth that you continue to accomplish and the numerous of lives that you continue to impact. You know, and um, I want to focus on a little bit more about the characters you play because I think, you know, you do this phenomenal thing where you actually kind of hone in on your own personal experiences. How do you lean on that? and bring the best you into some of these characters? Absolutely. Um, I'm very well aware that 
as an actress, there are going to be a lot of jobs that I don't get to bring every piece of myself into, right? Um, I think that there will always be a factor of who I am in every role I do, but a lot of jobs I won't be given the space or the privilege to bring all of myself. And I knew that I had that opportunity on Moxie and on Saved by the Bell, so I didn't take it for granted. Mm. I took it there. I was like, can I do this? Can I do that? Like, you know, Amy Poehler, shout out to her. She's a, like, she's our mother. She's our queen. I think she's genuinely one of the most special people I've ever met. Um, She said, be you. Mm. She said, I want Alicia. And I won't always be given that gift. So I was like, I'm going to cherish this and be thankful for it. So I brought every part of myself on that job. I improved in Spanish. I danced bachata in a random scene. Like, because I think it's about authenticity and specificity. Especially when I haven't seen myself. I was I was like, I'm going to be my full Afro-Latina self proudly. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the same thing with Saved by the Bell. We had a wonderful creator, Tracy Wigfield, with a phenomenal writer's room. Um, everyone that worked on that show was so talented and funny. And they were always open to collaborating. And that's not always something I'll get. So I, once again, didn't take that for granted. And I was like, you know what? We're going to make this girl who I am in my own personal life. Because I never saw an Alicia growing up. Um, and... Although I'm very honored and grateful whenever I do press or whenever I speak to people and they're like, you're the first like Afro-Latina I've seen yeah. um, in this type of role or look at you. You're like one of the only ones. I'm like, I'm trying to change that. Mm. You know what I mean? Like I want more of us to be here. Um, and I shouldn't be your only one. Like literally yeah. two days ago, I had someone be like, oh, I've never heard the term Afro-Latina. So wow. there's still so much work to be done. And I just hope to be a part of that. Yeah. So. And, I, and I know kind of growing up, that wasn't a term that was even in books or anything that nothing no. that was taught to us. You know, which is it's insane how much, you know, we've grown, but also more ways that we need to also introduce some of these things. You know, and you mentioned Saved by the Bell, which I actually caught it very, uh, you know, interesting that it's actually not coming back for another yeah. season. You know, how, how does that make you feel? What are your thoughts on that? Um, I think it's a, it's a mix of emotions. I think whenever whenever any actor is going through a process of a show being canceled, like we all have to be there at some day. Um, this was my first time experiencing a show cancellation. Um, And I have so much gratitude for Peacock. They really empowered us being like one of their first flagship shows. But with all that said, I think that it is a testament to a huge issue going on in the entertainment industry Mm -hmm. with like Latino shows um, and Latinx shows not getting the marketing nor the respect nor the push that they deserve. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, within this year alone, we've seen Batwoman go away. We've seen yeah. Gordita Chronicles go Actually away. I had Nick on the show as well. Really? Yeah, I had oh, Nick Regan. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. I love that. Um, and then in the past, we saw it with One Day at a Time. We saw it with mm. all of these different shows. Um, and then when you look at, like, the award shows, Latinos historically are kept out. Like, mm. almost in entirety sometimes. We've had award shows where not one Latino is nominated for an Very actor. True. Um an acting genre. Um, So it it leaves me sad because I wish Latino shows were supported more. Um, And in my own show, I think that there's a lot of factors that go into a show being canceled. Um, So frankly, when it first happened, I didn't say much about it. Mm -hmm. I had like my own personal sentiments of, you know, the show not coming back. Um, understanding that that is kind of just like the way of the world in regards to working in this industry. The same way things come is the same way they go. Um, But I was frustrated. I was frustrated that so many people felt entitled to all of my personal emotions. I was frustrated at the fact that I think 
people think actors can do more than they actually can in regards mm-hmm. to the cancellation of a show. Um, and yeah, I think that those, those were some of my emotions. I think there's a lot. I obviously will always be super grateful to Saved. It changed my life. I wouldn't have the life I have now without it. It was such a blessing. Our producers, our execs, the people on that show really fought for it. Um, but it's just sad because it's a, it's something that's continuously ha- happening. We're like, it seems like Latino, Latinx shows um, don't get the full capacity to see what they can become, unlike other shows. So yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for your honesty. Of course. You know, it's something that I I truly appreciate because I, I can just sense like you know you're going to be pushing this narrative until yeah. change is happening. Yeah, for sure. You know, and that's something you have a podcast that you tapped into. It's yeah. called Dare Dare We Say. Yeah. Uh, can we talk a little bit more about some of the things that you talk about there and then why is it kind of bringing you back into that happy place of you just being able to speak your truth? Yeah, dare we say is kind of an insane thing. It happened very organically. Like my two other co-hosts and I, we all lived together in the same house during the pandemic. And um, I shared a show and a movie with one of my Mm co-hosts. So we were truly just best friends. And a lot of people would listen to our conversations and hear how wacky we are (laughs) um, pretty much. And we're like, y'all need a show. So we were like, hmm, what can we do about that? So we ended up connecting with Crooked Media, who is phenomenal. Um, We were fans of the company prior to even working with them. And we ended up selling the show with them and developing the show with them and Uh, now we're doing it and it feels insane it was over a year ago and now the show is with the world Um, so it happened really naturally Uh, and it was once again kind of that idea of just like a door opens you follow it even if you don't understand it because never did I think I was going to have a podcast if anything I can be a little timid about being super vulnerable sometimes so to have my own Mm -hmm. podcast feels insane Um, but yeah it's been a beautiful experience and we kind of talk about a little bit of everything which is what makes it crazy and a bit of unhinged, but it's a great time. Like we talk about like politics and reproductive rights and, um, you know, trans visibility and respect and equity and all of these things and like love languages. But then we also talk about like TikTok and pickup <laughs> culture and like who is the best dressed at the Emmys. Like it's a little bit insane and it's a spectrum of topics, but we love it. It's a good time. And that's a beautiful thing because you do it with your best friends, right? And I think it's so important for all, all of us to really understand that, you know, when 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 you have a group of people around you that, that want the best for you or even going into spaces where they say your name with even in times when you're not necessarily in the room, like how important is that for you to build with some of your best friends to achieve new and bigger heights? Oh my gosh, that's what it's all about. Like, I think the most special thing on the planet genuinely is the connections and the relationships that you make and everything that I do is about community and collective. Mm-hmm. So to take that into my professional life um, is a blessing. I think that it definitely takes hard work, yeah. uh, but to build with the people I love has always been a goal. So to now be doing that um, is amazing. Like I w- want to always create with the people I love. I always want to empower the people around me. Like in the words of Kendrick, like I want to see all my people win and yeah. I want to see all my people eat, like even if it's before me, yeah. you know what I mean? Cause we're all on our own distinct journeys. Um, but it's super important. I'm like, everything is about community. Like to stand alone in this industry, I genuinely do not think it's possible. I think that's how people lose their minds. And I also think that w- what makes life worthwhile is um, sharing the moments with other people. You know, you're, you're so early on in your career right now, which is so much 
like you've accomplished so much. <laughs> but you. I'm curious to know, like looking ahead, where do you kind of foresee yourself headed? Ooh, um, yeah, it's it's insane to say because I kind of feel like old lady, but then I remind <laughs> myself that I'm 23. No way, yeah. <laughs> I'm so sorry. The allergies. Um, no, I do, I do. I feel like a vieja all the time. I think just because of maybe like the responsibilities I have or like the spaces that I'm in, but people are like, girl, you like just got to 23. Like, right. please sit down. It might be the coffee. Yeah, <laughs> it might be. Yeah, it's tea. Oh, it's giving okay. vieja. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's giving old lady. Um, but no, it, it, it's funny because I know that there's so much more yet to mm. be done, um, which is like terrifying, but also beautiful. And I'm grateful and humbled by that. Um, but no, the goal is to keep evolving, keep growing, keep pushing myself. I never want to be stagnant. I think that that is the last thing I ever want to do. Um, so growing as an artist, but also growing professionally. I also like have always had the dream of doing philanthropic works back in New York, like, um, you know, in the hood that I'm from and then in DR as well. So it's a lot. Like I want to write, I want to produce, I, I want to be a part of like creating shows and creating projects and movies. Um, while also acting in stories that I really care about and narratives that I think are important to me and should be uplifted. Because um, like I said before, there's still so much work to be done. I think there's so much power and specificity and nuance and authenticity. And I hope to just bring that. So hopefully I just keep growing and, you know, helping people around me. That's the biggest goal. But yeah. That's a beautiful thing. And what keeps you grounded? Oh, what keeps me grounded? I think a lot. Um Um, like something that keeps you grounded, I would say is I know my worth, but like, I'm no better than any other human. And something that I'm really adamant about is just like understanding people's perspectives and worldview. Like I'm always trying to learn about people around me and from all the situations I experience. Um, so I think like staying in that student mentality, of like learning from the world and wanting to be like culturally aware and sensitive to like the adversity that other people that may not look like me are facing and even people within my own community um, keeps me grounded. I think always keeping the bigger picture in mind keeps yeah. me grounded. Like it's never about me. It isn't. Like everything that I do, um, there's a larger vision in play. There are larger goals in play. That gives me peace. That keeps me humble. And also my family. Oh my gosh. If I ever got a big, big head, my mom would like throw a chunkle at them. <laughs> so it's like... <laughs> Like, you know, they're, they're always quick. Even if it's like a little cousin, be like, you're not that cool. And I'm like, okay, thanks. So it's it's a lot of things. but And that's where, you know, sometimes that's the beautiful thing, right? Like family keeps you grounded. Oh, yeah. For and, sure. and keeps you, like, to your point where throwing you a chancleta. Take you right back to, you know, grown-up days and stuff. I want to take this time right now because I want to give you your flowers for all that you do. You know, for, for the constantly always adapting, always evolving, but the numerous of lives that you continue to inspire. I think for me, what I'm experiencing right now is a level of energy that literally gives me goosebumps because to know that you're only 23 and you've accomplished so much, but the well, how polished you are, how organic you are, how truthful you are, but the best thing about it is just how your humility just shines a room. You know, and I think oftentimes, and the reason why I started this platform is because I want us to really shape that narrative of like giving people their flowers while they're still here. And I wanted to give you your flowers today because I think it's important for you to just look at how much you've accomplished, but the numerous lives you continue to inspire. So I just wanted to take that time to just really appreciate you and your energy, but also give you that time to say, you know, you deserve your flowers. 
Thank you. That was so ridiculously kind. That really does mean a lot. Um, I appreciate you. I appreciate the space. And I'm really big about giving people their flowers and um, shedding light on the work that people are doing because I think we live in a really messy world that can um, engulf us with a lot of negativity. And I think to like shed light and bring positivity to someone is so special and so important. And you don't even know how much those words impacted me today. Thank you. I appreciate you. And it's funny, though, because we also throw it back to the guests. Who would you give your flowers to? Oh, gosh. That's hard. <laughs> um, first, it would have to be mom, always. I give my flowers to my mom. I wouldn't be anything with my, without my mother. Um, shout out to Cammy. Shout out to Camelia, um, who knows him. Uh, personally, which is awesome. She adores him. Uh, so we're practically family. That's yeah, how that works. Yeah, no, I, I love her. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, mom, for sure. Something really beautiful about her. She's had more belief in me than I've had in my own self. Mm. And she saw that things could happen even when I didn't believe in them. And that was just so special. Um, my mom. Oh, that's hard. I want to give flowers to the people that do everything behind the scenes. Mm. A lot of people go unrecognized in the entertainment industry. And just, like, there's so many people that have to go into creating a thing. Like, uh, camera ops, lighting, uh, crafty directors, producers, writers, managers, agents. I want to give flowers to them. Um, I don't know, specific people. All the black women that just won Emmys. Mm, Uh, My gosh. Cheryl, Quinta. Um, It's so many people, so many people. Um, oh, I want to give my flowers to two Latina women that specifically really empowered me and inspired me this week. Annie Gonzalez mm. and um, Jess Garcia. Yeah. They're two actresses whom I really love, and I call them big sisters. And um, I just think they're really special. And when I first moved here to L.A., they were always really kind. And Jess even reached out to me when the show came out, and I'm a fan of her. Wow. So to have her just say, hey, you did a great job, that was really special because that doesn't always happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, flowers to them. That's beautiful. And thank you so much for sharing that. You know, and um, one of the things you actually... And Ulisa, sorry. You know who Ulisa is? Yes. She's Afro-Latina. Okay. Yeah. Ulisa, Annie, and Jess. Those are who I give my flowers to this week. (laughs) That's beautiful. And, you know, it's a phenomenal thing that you're just able to kind of absorb all of that and and be so in tune and tapped in. And, you know, they definitely do deserve their flowers. You know, in the spirit of just also sharing and and providing, you know, people with that positive energy, I want to... I lean a little bit more about like what advice would you share to to the young Latinx women or actresses or actors that are kind of looking up to you for inspiration or looking even to looking to get into the industry in itself? Yeah, I would say obviously be who you are, stay consistent, and know that you are worthy and you're supposed to be in there. Don't let imposter syndrome steal your joy. Um, sometimes it takes one step. So even if you don't know what that path is going to look like, take that one step. Don't do yourself or God or the universe, whatever you believe in, a disservice by um, dimming your own light. And the last thing I would say is keep growing and don't dilute who you are for anybody else. Like, I think it would have been really easy at the beginning of my career, and even now, honestly, um, to shy away from who I am or where I'm from or how I speak sometimes. Um, and it's like, don't do that. What makes you special is the things that are unique about you. So when you step in an audition, be that. Yeah. 
That's a beautiful thing. You know, it's just staying true to yourself and being very authentic. And that's something I've been learning. Literally, this entire LA trip has been very, like, inspiring in itself. Like, just from the people that I've had on the show, from the interactions that I've had with strangers, from the things that I'm seeing. It, there, there's so much there. And I think, you know, in rooms where I'm supposed to be in, like, oftentimes we dim our own light. But to yeah. your point about believing in God and having that faith to know that you are supposed to be there at that specific time. So, you know, I just you know, want to make that full circle moment. So thank you for sharing that. Thank you. I appreciate it. Absolutely. And there you have it. That was Off the Cuff with Elisa Pascual Peña.